Hello, book lovers everywhere. My name is Jess, and this is CamCat Unwrapped. Welcome to this CamCat Unwrapped Author Challenge Sci-Fi Fantasy Edition. We've done a few of these at this point, so you guys know the drill. We've got four of our CamCat Sci-Fi and Fantasy authors who will be given a prompt and one hour to work together to create a short story or scene. The catch is that these authors have never worked together before, and they have no idea what the prompt is going to be until I give it to them at the start of the challenge. Once time is up, I'll hop back on the mic and read their story aloud. I'm not gonna say I'm excited today because I always say I'm excited. So we're a publishing company, I can do better than that. We're, I'm elated, I'm ecstatic, I'm overjoyed with the group that we have for you guys today. I know it's just gonna be such a fun challenge. So let's meet our authors. I'm Elizabeth Chatsworth. I'm a British native who now lives in the US. And about six years ago, I took up writing as a hobby. And to my surprise, I actually ended up getting published by CamCat, which was uh, a wonderful experience. My first novel with them was The Brass Queen, which is showing probably backwards on your screen right now. But trust me, in real life, it's the other way. Uh, and this tells the story of uh, an alternate steam-powered universe full of rom-com um, shenanigans and bickering and explosions and airships and all the things that you would expect from a steampunk-influenced rom-com. So in an alternate 1897, our heroine, Miss Constance Holtwhistle, um, teams up with a shady US spy who's a former cowboy, and together they tackle taking on uh, a whole bunch of invisible assassins who've taken a potion, uh, thus their invisibility, who of course are out to destroy the world as these kind of people tend to do. So that was the first book. Um, after much bickering shenanigans and adventures, now we're into the second book in the series, which again, in the real world is the other way around. That's the Brass Queen Grand Tour, where Constance and her collection of um, misfits and, uh, and pirates take to the skies in an airship and go on a series of palace heists across Europe for alien heirlooms. It's a long story, but there's a lot of explosions and fun, and um, this book will be coming out in April next year, April 23rd to be exact, in hardcover, and also in large print with an audiobook to follow. Those are the two novels that I've written so far. I've also written uh, quite a few short stories, one of which won the Writers of the Future Contest, um, which was also set in the Brass Queen universe. And the Brass Queen itself, run the Benjamin Franklin Award for the IBPA uh, in, I think, 2022. So that was a surprise. Again, just started six years ago. So my advice to anyone who is wondering if I, they should start trying to write a novel and who knows what might happen, just give it a go because you just don't know. And uh, now I live in New Hampshire with my husband and my Yorkshire Terrier, Boo, um, who is also in the book. Not to say that everything in my life is in, is in these books, but a lot of it is. And uh, so far, it's just been a great adventure. So I'm looking forward to continuing the series. That's so exciting. I'm very excited for your book to come out in 2024. Uh, Dana, let's jump to you next. Hey, everybody. My name is Dana Clare, and I am a young adult author. I have seven books out with five more on their way. 
I have a series with CamCat called Hunterlin and Hunter Lore that's coming out in September of 2024. So I grew up on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Supernatural, all of those monster hunting high school adventures. And I wanted to bring myself back to that era since there's not as many shows out there like that. Vampire Diaries, um, uh, Teen Wolf. I don't know if anyone saw this show, Teen Wolf. But if you're a fan of any of those shows, you would definitely be a fan of Hunterland series because it's about a bunch of monster hunters who are in high school. And the first book starts out in um, a high school setting where not all of the people on the, the monster hunting team are aware of monsters. So we get to see it through two people's point of view. One is a monster hunter. His name is Liam Hunter, and he's part of a family hunting monsters um, on an online, because now, you know, so I don't think Buffy the Vampire Slayer had any online tools, but now we do. So it's today age. And um, then he introduces a family in Wisconsin in a small town to monsters, and they end up joining his team. And we go through the different books. They're written episodically with one killer and then one ending, but there's an overall arch that hopefully by the end of this series, um, well, not hopefully, definitely, you guys will find out. And one of the most exciting things about this, and Jess, you already know, is Hunterland has been optioned for TV. So we are just waiting to see, yay! We're waiting to see um, when SAG strike is over and, and moving forward, the writer strike just ended. So we're very excited about that and honored and humbled to be a part of another an adventure with Hunterland. So I've won four awards and I'm looking forward to winning some more. Absolutely. I know I'm looking forward to that as well. It's going to be so much fun. And Kathleen, why don't you go next? Hi, I'm Kathleen Hannon. I'm <clears throat> author of two books, one middle grade, one Young Adult, The Confession of Hemingway Jones, which is the one I published with CamCat. This, I'm a bit of a classicist compared to um, my compatriots here. Um, I was fascinated with why no one had tackled making a modern day Frankenstein. Um, and I wanted to bring that home to this audience. It turned into a bit of a page turner. It actually won the page turner award in 2022. It's a story of 17 year old, or a Frankenstein-esque story told, narrated by a teenage genius with an attitude. He's rude, he's officious, he's very, very brilliant. He is also very stressed out. The story opens with a deadly car accident when Hemingway is at the wheel. Desperate to reverse the natural order, he sneaks his father's body into the lab at the biotech research center where he works as an intern at a little known company called Life Bank, where they are actually working on clinical resuscitation of the dead, which curiously enough is a real field of study um, at four different centers in the United States mm -hmm. and made the headlines of the New York Times last summer for Yale reviving pig organs from the dead. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, it was front page of the New York Times. Uh, so anyway, Hemingway does this what the doctors have been unable to do and it brings a human being back from the dead only his father doesn't return entirely human his skin has gone ashen gray he cannot exist in temperatures above 55 degrees and he's digesting hydrogen sulfide instead of food he's desperate for a way to take care of his father and the billionaire founder of the research center is desperate to recreate the experiment and forces hemingway into a faustian bargain to do that in order to keep his father alive. 
and to keep himself out of prison. Begin. That's where Hemingway Jones kicks off. Um, it's very dark. Frankenstein is <laughs> a rather dark story. Um, fun facts about me. I'm the mother of two daughters. I just adopted a corgi puppy for reasons that elude me right now. I am director of communications for an AI surveillance and remote guarding company. Yeah. Wow. Well, you definitely uh, have a leg in the fantasy world for sure. And we love, or I'm sorry, in the sci-fi world, not the fantasy world. Um, and we love our protagonists with an attitude. So speaking of those, Brenna, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself and your story? Uh, I'm Brenna Rainey. I wrote The Meister of Desmond City, here, this one. Um, and uh, it's about a super genius uh, who's sort of a supervillain, but more out of incompetence than any malice. And uh, she's um, in hot water with the government because her dinosaurs escaped and rampaged through the city. And uh, so she has to work with a bunch of superheroes to try to stop a supervillain who happens to be her twin brother. And uh, he's also trying to get her to help him out. So it's a, it's a lot of ridiculousness and um, superhero antics. And uh, Rex is just trying to straddle the line and um, not get locked up. Well, I am so excited to have all four of you. I really think this is going to be such a great little challenge. Before the challenge began, I sent our authors a document that they all have access to where they're going to write down their story. I'm going to have it here in the end um, that I will be reading it off of. So basically, you guys, I'm getting ready to set my little timer on my phone hop off the mic, hop off camera, leave you guys completely to it for the next hour. And your prompt is, are you ready? Finding a family heirloom, which unlocks a family secret. You guys have one hour. I will see you in 15 minutes for your 45 minute warning. All right. <laughs> so have we decided, Brenna, you don't mind typing because it sounds like the three of us are probably not the best help <laughs> uh sure i mean i guess how do we want to do that like do you guys want to like take notes or anything do we want to just brainstorm wanna... and then just write it yeah 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 maybe we could it. do so, some like uh, points i could like be a note taker while we uh, brainstorm <laughs> a beginning a middle and end or do we just want to do one like crazy scene yeah. I think well maybe... i definitely think we need to know what the secret oh, is see, maybe it could just be like flash fiction and then we sort of do like you know three sections beginning middle end is there a word count that we have to hit like a no oh, right. <laughs> i don't think so no no word count we have an hour. Hour. what about one chapter and that's the maybe the reveal of what the treasure yeah. is like what the, well, we the could, family could, heirloom is like the reveal of choose. what that is <laughs> or how they get it well, let's have at one, least one death in here, just so we keep it funny. And um, maybe maybe we pick like a, a century. Uh, is it is it in the future or the past or, or, you know, and that might give us an idea what kind of heirloom it could be. Anybody, do, do we have a vote for past or future or now? Kathleen, you like sci-fi. Do you want it to be future? I was, my sci-fi is now. So. Oh, okay. I would default to 
Should we do what do you so think? So maybe if it's pleasant, I I'm not I'm not married if, to anything. So that if it's one. pleasant, I'll be married day, to what we picked uh, for the sci-fi. What if oh, it was like a, a relative of one of the original guys who walked on the moon, and they had found an heirloom that they haven't told anybody about, something like that, and this this person's heading back into space, and and the the uh, elder relative is like, oh hey. Hmm. Whilst you're up there, and then that uh, big secret. I don't know. That's just off the top of my head. But. <laughs> I like that. Like on Mars, there's the family heirloom, and you have to find it to save the world. On Mars, I'm sure we now. could think of a thousand better things. It's just, I it's still just, want just someone to, to die, but I like where we're headed. <laughs> my first thought was the family secret was the person, the rel- the relative, one of the relatives isn't um, who they think it's a clone, and it's been cloning and recloning. Like the person who walked on the moon? For generations. What if we make it a different planet? What if they were, walked on like something that hasn't actually happened and we pretend that is the real universe of what? So I don't know. Pluto. Are you talking about a parallel universe? Yeah. You do a parallel universe. I just started watching that show Fringe. I don't know if you guys ever saw it where they show like the, did anyone see that or am I alone in this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Joshua Jackson's in it. Oh goodness. Anyway, it it the show talks about like two different worlds, and it was so interesting how they saw like the duplicate of them, but what was different yeah. from you know one world to the next. How New York City looked in the duplicate world compared to them. So that could kind of be cool. And then we don't have to be historically factual at all because I'm actually not good at that. I don't know, Brenda. Are you taking notes? I haven't even looked at the multiverse. Is that what we're doing? Maybe so. <laughs> yeah, that's like fun. It. Okay, multiverse and a portal machine is the heirloom? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, I thought someone had said that. I, I don't know if somebody so, said it or I was talking I mean, about fringe, but I like it. Yeah. Is it a oh, are we copying something? Is that like from something already? Well, it's not a family heirloom, but in fringe, there is a machine. Oh, don't get me started on Doctor Who. I'm a huge Whovian. We'll be here all night. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, Maybe you have a grandfather who happened to disappear one day and he left behind a locket, mirror, <laughs> a trinket, puzzle box, some such thing that we, that we, our heroine unlocks one day by accident. And the first thing she sees is her grandfather's face going <gasps> on the other side of wherever. I love that. Like she's in the attic going through something. That could be the scene we write. Right. Where it pops open. Right. She's emptying out her parents' house. <laughs> That's the death. Just, We've got the death. Her dad they just died. passed away. Yes. They all they died. died. No, everybody. Yeah, they're 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 so now we have to clean up the attic. Okay. Well, right. I mean, that ups the stakes. And, and when she goes, when she looks through the portal or whatever, she sees an alternate version of her family who she just lost. So heartstrings, agony, pain. So, so the big dilemma she could have is, does she join them? even though they're not her family, or does she stay where, where she is, where her roots are, and, and her friends, and who, who wouldn't want her to go? I don't know. She has to have a, a an emotional dilemma. What if she just, like, can view them, yeah. but she can actually use the machine to transport herself there? So she takes that chance going through it. That would require some explanation. I don't know how she's going to get that explanation. But when, when the grandfather when pops up, he tells her about it and maybe gives her like oh and and maybe the family in this universe died because of what he'd done because he altered something and now she's you know probably rather annoyed about that 
<laughs> All right, where do we want to start it? All right, let's start with our character. Well, I'm a, I'm a plotter. I have Excel spreadsheets. I'm an absolute nightmare. I have to go through every detail forever. <laughs> but I, I'm willing to be to be a, a pencil tonight. We have an hour, Elizabeth. We only have an hour. <laughs> Great. Yeah. No time for spreadsheets. Well, maybe she's, a, she's actually in the attic. <laughs> start there. Yes, what's her character arc? What is she, what is, what is she like? Well, we, it's one scene, right? Yeah. Well, she's going to be grieving probably. Right. I feel like yeah. the scene is going to show most of her grief. We're not as much as, um, well, maybe she's just angry now because maybe it was a drunk driver. You know, there's anger behind the death because it was avoidable. Well, could we link, yeah. uh, if it's a drunk like driver, that. could we like link that, that to her career? Angry. Maybe she works in a bar or something. So something that she feels not exactly responsible for, but part of the milieu that, that created the drunk driver. If we if we make it so that her grandfather altered something okay. that made this drunk driver yeah. get in the car, then I think we should leave her feeling guilty out of it and put that blame on the grandfather. Just Wait, so there's, there's that, you know, duality is not there. Wait, why does she blame the grandfather? Well, I don't know. We were talking about maybe the grandfather did something in the parallel universe or did something mm -hmm. with these parallel universes that caused the accident and her for her whole family to die. I don't know what that would be. We didn't, I didn't get there. We didn't get there. So would but she like she... know that or would she have to find that out like in the middle of the story? Well, yeah. are we doing a scene or a story? I think that's really important. Because uh, if we're doing a scene, there's only so much we can put in one chapter. But if we're doing yeah. the story, yeah, it's a just just flash fiction, a thousand words. I mean, we can we can bang through that. Make yeah. it a short story, a thousand words. Okay. Okay. So what uh, do we want her to be a a technical person, like she understands science and what multiverses is, or is she like a a, a teenager who's read a lot of anime and knows all about multiverses? I mean, how? Or is she a Doctor Who fan? I mean, how does she know? Because she's got a, it, because it's a short story, she has to have some concept of what she's looking like. You've got to be kidding me. I'm, what is this, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly nonsense? No, you know, you just, what's her attitude? How old is she? How old do you guys want her? Should she be, like, still in high school? Young adult? Yeah. I'm thinking, what if part of her chip is they died and, like, her entire plan has been knocked off course? Um, she is not in college now. She could be waiting tables. Um, yeah. And um, she was going, she had yeah. all, you know, a future laid out. Now she doesn't, she cannot go, she cannot go to college in the fall. Yeah. Um, the money was there. What's that? So it seems so. If she is a teenager and her whole family dies, then um, wouldn't she have to go somewhere or like have some kind of um, like, is she going to be going into foster care? Is she 18 technically? Is she um, like an aunt or something? Does she have like some kind of designated caregiver? Maybe she has to go into the system. Well, she could still have an aunt or an uncle, but obviously they don't, they're not going to. Oh, okay. Her. So just her immediate uh, family died. Immediate family. I was yeah. thinking like, Whole family is and then, dead. And then, this, and then we have the stakes. 45-minute warning, that, you guys. <laughs> okay. Are we not getting far enough, Jess? 
fast enough? Oh, I can't tell. I have had my headphones off, but okay. I'm sure you guys are doing great. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we narrow it down. Like her, her, her parents and her brother died in a car accident because of a, a drunk driver. She's sorting through the stuff. Her aunt's downstairs. She, you know, she's not going to college. Uh, like she was applying for colleges. Now it's all derailed and she's depressed. And she finds this heirloom and it gives her a chance to talk to these to these folks in another dimension. And she finds there's a way she could stop it, to stop the thing, but at great personal sacrifice, like she disappears from the world or something. And then maybe the story is, does she take it or not? And that's the... That's the like surprise ending. Which way is she gonna go? Oh, I love that she'd have to trade yeah. herself for. I her love family. that. It's like this is the only way to. Maybe she doesn't exist yeah. in the parallel universe, and that's how. Oh, he sacrificed her in the alternate universe right. to get there. He what took the grandfather did. Alternate her's yeah. place, like it's a like it's a, a peg in a hole, and he took. He took her out of the hole and went into her. So it's almost that the family secret is that somebody has to keep being sacrificed. <laughs> yes. In order to keep you guys alive in my death world. team. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Wow. This is great. This could actually be turned into a book, people. <laughs> so someone has to be keeping sacrifice for what? In order for to keep balance mm-hmm. in the universes, but or to keep their family alive on this planet, they are. And they and they could have uh, they could have like a legitimate family history of like some like really incredible people in this family, that, you know, like yeah. Kennedys kind of. Th- I mean, they can't be Kennedys because they can't be rich or should be going to college. Um, just scientists, maybe. Right. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So the whole story set in say like she- Boston and the old. You know, her parents were uh, professors at MIT. Katie actually knows a lot about. Oh my God. Yeah. What if that's how she was going to school because they were professors and that's how she was getting in. Don't you, when your parents are professor, you have like, right. Yes. Right. And get, now that yeah. they're dead, she can't, she won't be able to use that and they don't have the money to send I her think to college. She'd still be able to use that if they were dead. Well, this is like, she'd still be able to claim like, <laughs> maybe. Really? Yeah. If they're dead, I feel like well, we won't use MIT, but we'll, it'll be a yeah. And we are like MIT, however, the alternate it's... universe anyway. So yeah. it could like, be, M- you know, it could be eligibility is gone. We need to name scientists. Oh, Maybe she, they gave okay. us something crazy like you know, plutonium. And I don't even do spreadsheets, Elizabeth. We are right on track. This is really obscure. I'm looking up the elements to see if there's one that I can't think of that would be great. Argon? Argon. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a dragon's name. It does. <laughs> I don't think it can be like, I like you know, it, but... magnesium, potassium, calcium. I feel like that would be terrible. Chlorine? Um, <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Or it could be like after a famous scientist, maybe. Yeah, well, that was why I was thinking Marie Curie. Marie Curie, yeah. It's a bit plain. Um, (laughs) Jane Goodall, maybe after Jane Goodall, or Jane's just too boring. It's not really Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale? I know, silly. Lovelace. Lovelace is her first name, and she hates it because everyone's made fun of her, but without recognizing how cool it actually is. Yeah. Oh, she's Ada. 
Yeah. I love that. Done. She Much loves it now. Than right. so what she misses her parents. Maybe she's related to Lovelace yeah. in the Byron, by, Byronic side. Maybe that's in the past. Maybe maybe Ada Lovelace had secret um, etchings that of, of a device to do exactly this thing, and, and, and Lovelace's grandfather found it and actually built it. It always does. I, I love that. Trying to write yeah, a modern like day that. story, and I'm like, oh, steampunk stuff is coming, shining through. <laughs> Up we go. We actually have the four of us, like all little pieces of all yeah. we talked about. Like Kathleen and I have the young adult in there. We got the steampunk going. I just like Brenna's like they're just trying to stay out of jail. <laughs> yeah. All right, and grandfather's right. name is. Nicola. This is going to be the primary interaction of this scene. I want Plus, Albert, yeah, and I know that much. we can't, but I just Probably want Albert. Oh, oh, good point. Yeah. Although the twist could be that it's a grandmother, because, you know, you don't um, have enough older oh. females in literature, she said, as an older female. It's just tossing that out there. Could be, you know, that's why your Marie Curie kind of gal could come in. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what a good one. Granddad have a really cool... My, uh, yeah, that's good. That's How good. about Archimedes? Yeah. Those my Archimedes. Uh, yes, I love that. I love that. <laughs> now I want to. Now I want another dog so I can call it Archimedes Archie for short. That's great. That's super, I like it. Love. <laughs> oh, don't tell Boo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Weirdly, it's Archimedes at the door, and we've somehow made all this happen. <laughs> <laughs> He's just manifested himself. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like you've been so diligent with the notes, we haven't gotten enough input from you. Is there anything you're leaning um, towards that you want to add? I am a little hung up on the mechanism of the family secret. Are we still on someone gets sacrificed? Okay. So is it like, is it every generation? Is it every 50 years? Uh, oh, when it, whenever it's, remember whenever it's used to go to another universe, it opens up that hole that someone pops into, and they wipe out whoever was there before. So it's the, it's not that it has to happen. It's just that in order for them to use this device, someone must be sacrificed. Why did he pick her? Because her parents are these great scientists at MIT and have so much to live for and so much to contribute to the world. But maybe he doesn't think she's going to amount to to match their glory. Dang. Yeah. I'm not saying it's well, a nice guy. Harsh. Okay. <laughs> that that would that would that would work as as logic. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't yeah. have the attachment to her. They could say she was adopted, yeah. and therefore she doesn't have all of the family's talents. Yeah. Oh, because she's adopted. Because she's adopted. Right, so he doesn't, doesn't even know when she finds it, if it's even going to work. He doubts that it's going to work. Um, are there differences in the... I, I think uh, I think it would have to be... Parallel universes? Uh, to, to have some sort of continuity. Universe? Oh, what if they, this family adopts people to, to actually do the uh, experiment? Because he's he's traveled over. Oh, it's really, it's getting dark now, but... He's traveled over there knowing he'll wipe out this adopted gal and our gal is, is in this alternate universe of that and hasn't been wiped out. But maybe the ticking clock is uh, 
her grandfather tells her, yeah, well, wait till other your your grandfather shows up and wipes you out any day now. And then she's like, what? And then behind her, like a portal opens, and that's the end. It's like she's wiped out. We found out the family secret, and it kills her right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Beginning, middle, end. That would keep it short and sweet. No, so, we've got- you know, we're not trying to write a whole novel here. Well, should we just give it a go? I mean, assume that's her framework. Well, we can change it anyway, but say we've got half an hour. Let's do, let's do 10 minutes on the setup, 10 minutes on the oh my wow, and then 10 minutes on the oh no's. Do they ever do this and nobody's come up with anything? I think they, they do this and then there's they end up with just a, a document full of notes and no story. Let's we, we we said we were starting in the attic. She's in Boston. How about it's a brownstone and um, she's she's going to, and it's full of her parents like scientific papers and all their I don't know science trophies and all these things that she herself hasn't hasn't lived up to. Thirty minutes, you guys. We're, we're about we're about to start. Okay, so I don't think she'd be in a brownstone with two professor parents okay and and especially well, if we're gonna have the, if we're implying she's not going to college because she's got okay you know her, she's not gonna inherit so she's any money like an old colonial chances are they'll be living in something a lot smaller okay a lot more rickety you know i mean it could be a storage locker we, we could we would have to describe less than you know so when she's coming up the stairs at the beginning they're at, <laughs> you know groaning underneath her and the treads are sinking a little bit. Yeah. That attic is an attic with a slanted roof. It yeah. is dark and the light is a lamp, uh, a lone light bulb on a string. Maybe what she's she looking, looking for... for. She is, she mm. needs her, her parents' birth certificates because now they've passed on. She has to check where they were born and so on, and she's just looking for old legal docs, something like that. Yeah, I was thinking it would be legal docs. But... Oh, could could be could be uh, jewelry she was looking for, old piece of jewelry or artwork as well. Right, and they have to sell the house. Picking stuff up because uh, everyone's dead, and maybe she has to move now and go like move in with her aunt. But there should be like one specific box, like the all important box of things, you know, the one that the, the in case of fire take this because it's got the birth certificates because it's got, you know, the irreplaceable things. Well, it should be in, it should be inside the box. It would be within that. Yes. Yeah. Cause they have to keep it. Right. Otherwise they would have just, if it, if it was something they didn't right. have to keep it, you know, and it was that threatening, they would have just thrown it away. So they have to keep this thing. So she's probably right. irritated being that up there um, because this box was supposed to be downstairs. It's always. And, and the smaller box within the box, within the legal box is it's something odd. It's like a, it's like black and tied with black ribbon. And then just a, label, a, a ticket on there, like a, a paper ticket saying, do not open or something, something that looks like it's from another age. Because I'm thinking it's been passed down from the Lovelaces. So it's something that's been in the family. And it's so out of place in this modern box of legal papers. And um, she's looking at it. 
it feels as out as place as she did the day she came home from the uh, from the orphanage when she was adopted. That was her. She was always the the out of place piece within this family, and it kind of mirrors that that um, discordance she's always felt. And even though it says "do not open," she can't. She cannot help but reach her hand toward it, and as she touches it, there's an electric thrill through her arm. And so somehow, somehow she she feels a connection with it that she hasn't felt with anything else in the in the attic. And so it's just sort of the idea here. Feel free to add anything, but the idea is we're getting this sense to the reader that oh, this is something crazy and out of place and. Maybe not of this world. It, they could be thinking it's anything in there—a severed hand, you know, a whatever. It, 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 just, just to get that feeling of dread. Hello. Who else did we I'm kill while I was gone? We've got, we got twenty minutes now. Uh, <laughs> we haven't killed anybody. We, have, we got a warning. We're killing ourselves because we got a warning of thirty minutes. Of the story here. So now we got to write. Oh, oh a while ago. In okay. the attic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we just have to find, uh, have a find this legal box of papers has she (laughs) but when she opens it it's not just the files in there there's this mysterious other black box tied with black ribbon that that gives off a creepy feeling so this is sort of that because we've we've got to we've got 20 minutes and we've got to get on to opening the portal chatting with the grandfather and and an alternate grandfather showing up and wiping her out okay so let's well, let's, let's take it in turns. Let's each try like a, a round robin. We'll each do a little paragraph or something. How about insert, instead of clattered, what if it's... Uh, uh, well, let's see what kind of box it is. Uh, let's say it's a, a stack of, of boxes of legal papers until it fell. Uh, 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 maybe a stack of legal boxes. Maybe Something it was a box have, behind uh, the legal boxes. Behind it. I mean, the important thing is just find something. She just needs to find a thing now. Yeah. She noticed a shadow behind it, darker than any she'd seen before. And within that, there seems to be the outline of a box, a black box tied with black ribbon. Okay. So something. They might have to rethink the uh, timing on this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, 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 what if this, the box just falls out and slips to the floor by her feet? When she knocks it over, the box, yeah, the box just falls out. So she doesn't have to spot it back there. It, it, it actually falls out. And it's at her feet. We're, I think we're we're lingering here too long. We got twenty minutes. We got we got this. No problem. And we need like two days to... instead of Delta. yeah yeah. <laughs> oh, Boo says hi. Maybe she can mention something like it just looks so out of place with everything else that was in that room. She pulled the ribbon. How about she pulled the ribbon and tore the paper more violently than. It was warranted, you know, to show she's upset. Like she pulled the paper and, and tore open the paper. Hi, guys. 15 minutes remaining. About, oh, um, man. It's going to be very short. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. We've got to get to this opening this time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No more editing. Just, we're all plot now. So that's A. Well, her... her uh, her grandfather's initial, right? We did. Let's just say A R. 
What's her last name? Do we give Archimedes. her one? Archimedes. Uh, someone in uh, Let's see. Archimedes. I don't know. Rayburn or whatever his name is. Here's where we could say something about her her illustrious, the last in a long line of illustrious scientists. There wasn't a single picture of him holding her. Oh, that's a good. Do we want it to be a thing or do we want it just to be a light and, and swirling and within that she could see a far off face? Uh, okay. It's like the portals within the box. And it's like it's like she's looking at the tail end of a whirlpool. Like this is the yeah, narrow end. Maybe uh, her grandfather's eyes appear and his face. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. <clears throat> Something just coming to life from it. Yeah, it could be like the image flickered oh, and then and took form the into the shape of her grandfather's He knew eventually she'd face. find it. He left it for her. It's a trap. He left a trap for her in the attic. So she opens the box. He's there. He's, he's grinning as a way he never did in life. And then he addresses her. I knew you'd find it, he said. You were always a nosy one. And then she's like, how would you know? You never paid me any attention. That's where you're wrong, Lovelace. I never did anything but pay you attention. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, something like that. Like, oh, what's going on? Drama. She did, you know, she's um, surprised because he never smiled at her in real life. And here he is grinning away. I think all he needed her to do was open the box and he's grinning because he knows that has opened the portal and another grandfather is coming to take her place. Or he's hopping back. He's coming back and he's sending her to another dimension, maybe. But he's got to yeah. trust. I think she ha he has to convince her to trust him. So is there malice? Be... Like, what oh. are you doing? So he's like, yeah, he's the bad right. guy, right? Well, that's okay. what I was questioning. I was like, if he's, if he's sinister, she's going to like drop and run and be like, this is right. too weird and crazy. And, okay. You know? The fact that Everything the person she, that, that she thought never liked her suddenly is being warm and welcoming and telling her how smart yeah. she is is flattering and yeah she's felt, yeah yeah agreed. love she never had oh that's lovely and just as you think it's a happy yeah. ending oh she's sucked into the box and Bam. he passes her on Dead. the way out and the lid closes behind her end of story the, the box Wait, i mean any, any, anybody can come <laughs> up with it a lot, but you know just like you know i mean you the, could write it she's into the box they're having this go, conversation, go and then it, the box sucks her in. He passes her on the way out because she was her, his way out back to his universe, and then the lid shuts behind her, and that's the end of the story, like the end. Uh, if we've only got five minutes, but if yes, if it was a, if right, it, if it was does, a longer don't we story, want to see her and he called the, the story the gift or something like or that, or him to indicate that they're there. gift, or I don't see that coming. This is fantastic. It sounds awesome. You're doing the hard bit. We're doing, we're just, you know. I'm not using words right. <laughs> we're, we're I think it sounds great. Yeah. I don't know. She was sucked into the box. <laughs> what, what was it? Uh, what about something like Tyler's Treasure as the the um, title? The what? Lovely. Time, timeless Treasure or maybe like Legacy of... Love, yeah. Lev, Le, what's her name again? Love, Legacy yeah, of Lovelace. Lovelace's Legacy. Lovelace's Legacy. Right, three minutes, so. Okay. 
Okay, what needs to be clarified here? Oh, okay, so how much time do we even have? A couple of different ways. He passes her. We could have five minute one, right? To go to her universe, or she she's there with his family. Now you and you can make it happy, like now you never need to be alone again. You're with us, and it's an alternate family. Like he saved her, but but that doesn't tie in with the, him being never liking her. Hi, all. This is your five-minute warning. Five more minutes. <laughs> I believe in you. You've got this. Can we add that little bit of dialogue? Do you guys mind snap, if I add so that? Whatever we have. Okay. Add in two minutes. Yeah. I like. Yeah. Uh, that's a please look on his face. Yeah, throw in whatever you want to throw in. Oh, oh, I could just say thank you for my sacrifice. Thank you for your sacrifice, my dear. Ah, I feel, yeah. I feel you're finally part of the family. And then, she she realized we could just say because we've only oh, got a minute. Yeah. She realized he was taking her place in the real world, and mm. she was where was she? She looks up, and the the pot, the lid closed. I can't remember. Well, maybe. And Caesar family. Mm -hmm. We want to make it happy or real sad. <laughs> the difference between the comedy and the tragedy is the body count, right? <laughs> okay, you're finally part of the family. But what, what is it? A good? Is it a happy ending or a sad ending? Because we need one line to like. Or maybe we just have the lid shut and the readers make up their own ending in their head. What happened next? I think this is a, a complete arc. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the last line you guys seeing, or was she? It's ambiguous. Yeah, I like ambiguous. I think I like that a lot. Close. She was alone, or was she? Well, that's, that's ambiguous. Yeah, I don't know what that is, though. Somewhere behind her. and She was alone, or was she? Yeah. Um, or was oh, she? Yeah, I like that. Someone so, right, did she go to where the grandfather was, or did she well, die, or... Uh... She was alone. Where, where does was she, she? Where does she see that other lid? Like her new, so, her new ah, say was that. she? Her new family uh, awaited her. Because she opened a box. Uh, I like it. I like ambiguous. Was she? Without it, then we don't know if maybe she's like. Or was she? Gone to where her old yeah, family I mean, it's is. Yeah, I mean, Yeah, I like. Or was she? Like, let's just say, like, let the reader figure world, it out. You know, another world, a lid closed, and she was alone. Or was she? Oh, and the last word could be mama, question mark. And we don't know if she's seen her or she Hi, time is up. I heard the words done when I put my headphones on. So how was it? Did you guys enjoy working as a team? Did you finish your story? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. love working as a team. We did a lot more time. It's what makes it a challenge, but... Uh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Did you feel like you fell into different roles? How did that play out for you? Brenna well, basically came up with the actual sentences. And I think words, Brenna is, crushed it is, with typing. You know, the actual Let writing. Let me just give credit. Maybe credit and, and the rest of it was sort of brainstorming. And she was, she was taking a lot of that and making a world. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, hats off to everybody. It's fantastic. You guys definitely got it done. I'm loving the energy that you got. As soon as I hopped on, everyone was just so excited. So it must have been a good time. 
Let me check in with my questions here. Oh, okay. Did you have any plot points or ideas that you were excited about, but maybe weren't able to use or ended up cutting? Yes. The world building. <laughs> I guess you do sacrifice it a little when you've got an hour to write a story. <laughs> well, okay. Um, favorite part. Did you guys have a favorite part of the experience? I, I love that everyone died in her family. <laughs> I like that someone could jump in and write stuff yeah. that I didn't know how to oh, write. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And you guys are used to working alone, I'm sure, largely. Was it different or weird writing as a team at all? I, I think the time oh, me restraint was the weirdest. Yeah, I actually I like, get... really enjoyed working with oh, all of you. That's it. Fun. We're writing a book, ladies. Let's do this. <laughs> So your ideas then all, I'm excited to get into this. Your ideas all meshed together really well. I was actually, my next question was going to be if you would write with this team again, but it sounds like the answer is overwhelmingly yes. <laughs> that was so much better than writing alone because it's like every, everybody was brilliant and did fantastic things and <laughs> it was fun, yeah. Getting to bounce ideas off of other people is just like before you've actually gone to the trouble of writing it. <laughs> Yeah. Like, is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? Am I falling into a cliche? I don't know. I love this. It sounds like you I'm I'm excited to get into it. I've just pulled it up. I see you guys have some notes at the top. Um are these notes I should be reading? Are they just No. From the title on. Okay, great. Ooh, you guys definitely got a good amount done. Um to our audience, I'm going to be reading this story, which looks like it is called Lovelace's Legacy, A Grandfather's Final Gift. Um, I am not a professional reader or speaker, so please excuse me if I stutter through this a little bit, but I'm very excited. I, As much fun as you guys seem to have, I'm already enjoying this. So here we go. I'll say it again. Lovelace's Legacy, A Grandfather's Final Gift. Lovelace heaved a box of her parents' old papers closer to the attic stairs. Legal documents had to be around here somewhere. Pausing to take a breath, she absently tried to wipe tears from her face with the rag in her pocket, forgetting it was covered with dust. Sneezing, cursing, she threw the rag back down the stairs and pulled her shirt up to use instead. Mom and Dad died and I got stupid. Good thing I can't go to college anymore. Her laugh turned into another sob. She punched the stack of legal boxes beside her until it fell, spilling papers. Stupid, stupid. She fell to her knees, desperate to write a mess that wasn't capable of being fixed. Within the shifting shadows of the dim light, she noticed a small box among the, lost among the papers. Incongruous with everything else that was there, she picked it up and scrutinized it. Aging crepe paper, a silk ribbon, all black. A gift, but not a gift, unless you ever brought a gift to a funeral. It belongs to me now. Everything in here does. She pulled the ribbon and tore open the paper to reveal a mahogany box inlaid with the initials A.R., her grandfather's initials, Archimedes Rayburn. Lovelace frowned. Her grandfather had disappeared when she was very young. Her parents hadn't talked about it in front of her, but she knew Archimedes hadn't approved when they adopted her. He never addressed her endearingly, stood next to her in pictures, held her hand, 
not like the other kids' grandparents. She opened the box and light shone out, so bright she dropped it. A ghostly image flickered in the dust motes illuminated above it. It was Archimedes, smiling in a way she'd never seen in life. His voice drifted out of the box. Hello, lovely. It was an old nickname of hers, but he'd certainly never used it. You found the box. I'm ever so proud of you. I always thought you would. Why? You never even acknowledged me. You didn't notice anything I did. Grandfather smiled. Actually, I noticed everything you did. You were always a nosy little kid. Well, doesn't matter much now. I'm back to being an orphan. That's where you're wrong. Good news, dear. I'm coming home. Lovelace froze. Her eyes flicked down to the box. Suddenly, she felt like a hook wrapped around the heart in her chest and lurched her toward the box. She didn't have time to scream before she was sucked into the box. The last thing she saw was the image of her grandfather becoming more solid, a pleased grin on his face. Thank you for your sacrifice. I finally feel you're part of the family. Somewhere behind her in another world, a lid closed, and she was alone. Or was she? Mama? The end. Wow! That was quite impressive! I mean, I love that it had sort of a horror element to it. That is so fun. I mean, I know you didn't feel like the world was super well built, but I felt very immersed in that. I thought that the world was incredibly believable. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind it so much when you read it. <laughs> when I was reading it, I was like, it's very incomplete. <laughs> I thought that was so entertaining. And for only doing it in an hour, I thought you guys did great. I hope that my reading did you guys some justice. I know I'm feeling a little stuffy today, so I'm sorry if my voice ruined it at all for you, but I, I really loved it. <laughs> well, thank you all so much. I'm so excited that you guys were able to be here. I can't wait to see. I didn't get to hear anything of what you guys were talking about while I was off camera off headphones because part of this is an enter you know part of what makes this entertaining to me is that I am completely surprised when I get to read your uh, story in the end so I'm really looking forward to listening back to the episode to hear all of the ideas and planning that you guys had and that you did um before I let you guys go I'm trying to think if I have anything else to ask you but I think I'm just going to start with where can our listeners find you? We can go in reverse order this time. So, Brenna. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's obvious. Um, yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, don't come find me, please. Um, yeah, uh, my website. <laughs> my website, brennarini.com, and I'm Instagram on Instagram. Um, uh, Brainysaurus is my Oh, wait. No, wait. That was my Twitter name. No, I think it's just like my name. Whatever. I'm easy to find there. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's your name across the board then. Fantastic. We know where to find you. <laughs> BrennaRainey.com. <laughs> and uh, Kathleen, I think you were next in that order. Best place that anybody wants to has any questions about Hemingway Jones um, would be to find me on Twitter. And hopefully on Twitter, I'm at Wisher series. Um, Dana, how about you? Where can we find you? Hey guys, you can find me at danaclairebooks.com. 
or author uh, on Instagram at author Dana Claire, Twitter at author Dana Claire, uh, Facebook at author Dana Claire, TikTok Dana Claire Books. So it's either at author Dana Claire or at Dana Claire Books. And I'm on every social site, but the most fun and where I interact and engage with my readers is on Instagram. So look for me there. Amazing. And Elizabeth. Hello, you can find me at elizabethchatsworth.com and all the social media links are there. I certainly don't have the memory to remember them all like these guys. So just go to the website and uh, you can find find all you need to know. And lots of embarrassing pictures of me in steampunk gear, which is always uh, good for a giggle. Uh, I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest at the moment. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank all of you. It really was so fun to have you all on. It was so fun to read your little brainchild of a story. Uh, really, it was, it was such a pleasure to have you guys on the podcast. And to the listeners at home, you can find all CamCat books in ebook, audiobook, and print formats on our website, camcatbooks.com, or wherever books are sold. Make sure you check out The Brass Queen by Elizabeth Chatsworth. And coming next year in 2024, its sequel, The Brass Queen Grand Tour. We also have Hunterland uh, by Dana Claire, and the sequel to that is also coming out next year, uh, Hunter Lore. And also check out The Confession of Hemingway Jones by Kathleen Hannon and The Meister of Decimon City by Brenna Rainey. You can find CamCat Unwrapped on all ma- excuse me. You can find CamCat Unwrapped on all major podcasting platforms or watch us on our YouTube channel and give us a follow on social media at CamCat Books. Thank you all so much once again for tuning in and unwrapping this CamCat Unwrapped Author Challenge Sci-Fi Fantasy Edition with me. My name is Jess and I will see you all next time here on CamCat Unwrapped.